Hello everyone, and welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me Baby, where the both of us nerdy-ass nerds sit around and talk about nerd stuff. Talk about nerd stuff! Welcome back to Talk Nerdy to Me, baby. Yeah, where Hello. we talk nerdy to you, baby. It's been a while. Been a while. <laughs> That's apropos, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I give good segues. So we have taken another little hiatus. Hey, you know, life happens. Oh, I was gonna make a fake cover up for it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, just I was like gonna life. say that we were waiting for this campaign <clears throat> to end. <laughs> oh yeah, because we thought it was gonna end. Yeah, and, and then, then we it, thought it was gonna end. Yeah, and then there were about <clears throat> six more weeks of the campaign left. But now it's like Laura Bailey walked outside and saw her shadow. So we got six more weeks of campaign. Is that how it works? Yep. <laughs> um, I would have guessed. Too. Yes, I would have guessed. Though uh, Ashley Johnson like went back inside to be a burrito. <laughs> That too. Uh, so Critical Role Campaign 2 has come to a close. And if you haven't noticed in our medias on the internets. Um, Very well said. <laughs> thanks. I We are both really big fans of Critical Role. So we thought we would just talk over, you know, the campaign and like our thoughts and feelings on it because... I will talk about it in a vacuum, but I won't talk about it any other way. Can it hear you without a loud... Why? <laughs> because it was right there. Was I just supposed to ignore it? <sighs> Critical Role, everybody! <laughs> yeah, so we are big D&D fans, and I'm... I mean, we are both fans of the voice actors right, on the show. Sorry. <laughs> If you are a fan of this show, you know that we have a cat that yep. likes to be a pest only when the microphone is on. It's true. She was lying on the bed for hours mm. until we set up to record. And then she was like, oh, it's time to mess around, which I feel like is the overall vibe of the campaign of campaign two is the mess around. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, it definitely felt a little more loose. And I don't know that I would necessarily say that, but I, I do get it. I mean, there are... That people like the campaign? Yeah. I, I, I like both for different reasons. And it. I mean, that's a good thing that they feel very different. They they really feel differently. But, I mean, both, both uh, campaigns have very distinct voices yeah and and characters like i mean i i think it's safe to say <clears throat> that campaign two has some of the best characters yeah a jester <laughs> <laughs> i mean jester is almost enough in and of herself as just being one of the greatest characters i i i definitely agree with jester um it, it's weird for me because I feel like I hold a lot more emotional investment in the first campaign. And so while those characters feel a lot more classic 
And I think that's why people tend to say that, like, Campaign 2 has more iconic characters, is because Campaign 1 are definitely very classic D&D characters. But, yeah. I don't know. I am in camp. I liked Campaign 1 more. I just, and I really, like, I really liked Campaign 2. But my, my heart and my soul goes to Vox Mokina. I mean, I, I think, well, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit before. Do you think that is partially because of the narrative structure? Yeah. For me, I felt like campaign one had a very linear thing and I was able to fully understand more like where it was going and not in the predictability way, but like I felt the setup and the payoff. Yeah, it was more of a traditional campaign sense of go here, do this thing. And so, yeah, it just gives it that classical kind of vibe to it. And in addition to the characters, like you said, but just the story structure. I I like the, in a D&D sense, the, not to say that it can't go off the rails and everything, but that kind of, okay, this is the next part. Like, you know, they, they had uh, the Chroma Conclave mm-hmm. and then uh, all the stuff with the, the, uh, what, the, Raven Queen? I mean, there was the Raven Queen, there was the Briar Woods, then they yeah, the, get to Vecna and all the- it, it felt very naturalistically it was, segmented. I guess. It was also like what I felt with the first campaign is that it was. It escalated. And so, like, you started with the. the the small bosses to get to the bigger bosses to the bigger bosses to the final boss and it felt natural and they all were connected in a way and they were all related and so like bits and pieces of payoff came up later that were a lot of those like whoa kind of things yeah in the sense of like like a tv show in a lot of ways and i think that's why they got like the reputation for being scripted i think campaign one had more of a like a like a a hero's journey story and campaign two had the ova episodes and and, but they also had more like things that worked out that matt didn't plan do you know what i mean yeah like campaign one felt a lot of like matt set these things up to come back around if they got to there and campaign two felt a lot like oh, these things just magically came together. And not in a bad way. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, yeah, I mean, with that's the, just like, D&D. Well, like, with the Mighty Nine, and Nine being, like, this big number throughout the entire thing, despite them picking that number randomly. And so, like, I like that a lot. I just, I think when I, when I think about watching back, there's not moments I can point to in Campaign 2 that I'm like, this arc here, I want to go see again. Except maybe TravelerCon. Yeah, I was gonna, I was eventually gonna get there, but when we can talk about it now, mm-hmm. our favorite episode. I mean, for me, that's that's probably my favorite episode, like singular episode, is Traveler Con. Yeah, well, cause like you get the payoff of Keyless Mom. Yeah, it's like that's thrown in there. The the and, one major connection they, to campaign too. And they didn't have to realize it. Yeah, like they could have gone the entire time and never known. And I guess like that's what I was missing. In this campaign versus, like, the other one. What do you mean? Matt's ma- machinations. And I think we might have gotten more of that if Molly... Matt's machina? <laughs> yes. Um, 
But I think we might have gotten more of that if Molly hadn't died. I think we would have gotten more set up through him since the end result was Lucian and Molly and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> um, but since we didn't, then I feel like they had to kind of work around some story or Matt had to kind of work around some ways that he was going to tell the story. And so, whereas in campaign one, we had like Raishan and we had like the Briarwoods and all these different connections. You, the Chroma Conclave even was like hinted at in home game stuff and like all these little things that were connected that, you know, years down the line paid off and or they could have never figured out. And that's the kind of stuff that I miss in this one. But this one also had really great moments, a lot of which to me went around Jester. And the other one I think I would point out to was the hag. The hag. Yeah, because I feel like that was one of the like biggest payoffs of just like a player getting one up. Yeah, definitely. And I thought that there was going to be some sort of background yeah i i wonder if it's something that might have ramifications in campaign three i honestly i have no idea what's gonna go on campaign three yeah i don't i mean we don't know <laughs> when in timeline and and location wise where it's gonna be and everything just yet but I, i'm curious to see if there's a little more connection to campaign three to the other two campaigns Maybe. I mean, like, there wasn't not connection, because we still did get to see, like, Olora, and, yeah. like, the Kila thing was, what up, like, with, and I think it's, <laughs> I guess, like, I wish that some of my favorite moments weren't related to campaign one in this, like, getting to see Olora was really, really cool to me. I just, like, I don't know. I, I feel like campaign one for me was stronger. But I like camping too. I think if if we're talking like, it, it feels like if you're talking in the sense of like movies or TV shows, campaign one felt very like plot heavy and like a lot of stuff came from plot and, you know, plans from that. Whereas this was more of just character stuff. You know, it's something you will watch for the characters rather yep. than the plot. Uh, so, you know, uh, if you're thinking... So, and Battlestar Galactica versus Glee? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's That seemed really mean. No, I, I was thinking more of like... I, I really loved Glee when it was on, most of the time. Uh, I'm thinking more directors of like, you know, Scorsese or... Oh, you were such a cinephile. Or, you know, even at some points, you know, it's all about the, the mind trip, but like... Christopher Nolan or like, you know, where there's like the plot is the main focus sure. versus stuff like Christopher Guest or David Russell, where it's like, we're just going to let the characters kind of do their thing and let the plot kind of follow behind them. I want whoever's listening to this to talk to us on Twitter or Instagram or something where I'm Amory by the seat and he is Case Crusader and tell me which of those metaphors did you understand? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I just think, like, there are, you know, there are media out there that's more about just watching, letting the characters do their things, and then there's others where it's more about the plot driving forward. Here, let me go to even more of a niche. Okay. Brandon Sanderson versus Sarah J. Mass. <laughs> okay. 
One is very much plot. One is much more characters. And so there you go. We have multiple attempts to of comparison. Yes. So, uh, yeah, and and that's just kind of the difference uh, that the campaigns felt like for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how campaign three will go if it's more of like a hybrid of the two. Or <clears throat> not. I mean, only time will tell. But I guess like I I don't have any expectations going into campaign three just because like for for me I just enjoy critical role and I enjoy just seeing them have fun. Like I don't care when they get the rules wrong. I don't care when they like make really bad mistakes. I think the only time I've ever gotten, like, angry at the show was when they took, like, 20, 30 minutes to try to figure some, like, basic thing out and still couldn't do it. I don't remember who it... I don't remember what character they were talking to. Essek. Was it Essek? It was Essek. Oh, I thought it was someone else where they were trying to, like... Okay, are we taking a portal out of the town or whatever? I just remember you being... Yeah, like, no, ah. I'm pretty sure it was them asking Essek to teleport them somewhere and then f- doing it wrong and having to be like, Essek, no, let's do this. And then it went wrong again. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> that was that was the only time I think I've ever felt frustrated in like a slightly negative way. But I mean, in general, I don't... I don't tend to engage with a lot of people and talk about Critical Role because it's one of those things that I just purely find joy in. And so I'm happy to talk about my feelings on it, but I'm not very receptive Where to Where no other- one except, I mean, I guess me, is the only one to be able to respond. Yes. Uh, like I said, I enjoy it in a vacuum. But you are the, the person who <clears throat> expresses their feelings and then turns off the comments. Yes. <laughs> And I don't do that with everything, but I do that with Critical Role, just because I want to be able to keep finding joy in it and connect with it the way I want to. Hey, when you started watching it, I had a lot of anxiety around it. <laughs> it's true. Okay, I, I, no, I didn't like know I if you were a, done. No, I had a lot of anxiety around it because I wasn't sure how to engage with you in the way that you would enjoy it versus the way that I did, because I had never had to. Like, I, I had known people who like Critical Role, but none that I got in, like, super deep conversations with. Yeah, I like I like conversations. You do, but we also tend to enjoy things very similarly. It's true. And so, yeah, I... I it's why this podcast works. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I think, yeah, I, I think the thing to take away from it is, you know, whatever we have said and we'll say, the bottom line is we just enjoy watching them have fun. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I think... I, I don't feel like we do this, but I know there are some people that get so <clears throat> caught up in it and take things like very deeply and and just so severely of whatever happens in the show of like, you know, I don't know. I feel like sometimes people might take it to another level and I just kind of, for me, it always stays at a level of I'm watching people that I enjoy I mean... Enjoy D&D, you know? I mean, like, I would say that I get emotionally invested in stuff like that because I remember crying and bawling my eyes out at the end of campaign one. I don't mean, like, emotionally invested in the characters and the story and stuff. I just mean on a a level past the show of just, like, 
this needs to be different and why didn't this happen oh and, like, no see the- see let's let's go back to glee i stepped away from that type of fandom and like that level of investment in stuff in 99% of stuff that i i engage with because i can't yeah and that's what i mean like you know going to the show and being invested in the characters and what they're doing mm-hmm. and how they're feeling and everything is different than going past that into the why isn't this thing the way I want it and feel like I need it. Like, to me, that is going past the the content. And that's what fan fiction's for. And I'm like, I don't don't need to go that far for a show that's improv. I mean, in general, I, like, I get that feeling. I've done that plenty of times to myself, and it, it hurt more than it helped anything. But... Like, this was never a show that I was into that way. Like, this was... There are certain things where I enjoy them in such a directly... I don't want to say pure way, but, like, the content presented to me is exactly what I want and need out of this thing. And Critical Role is one of them. Like, um, Battlestar is one of them. And, like, there are things that I do not need other forces. Like, I... Like, I like fan art, and I like looking at stuff, but, like, it's something where I'm like, this is the thing that I love, but it is not something that, like, I look for fan fiction for, or look for, like, op-ed opinion pieces about. And there are media that I enjoy that I do look for that specific kind of things, like, like, I want all the takes on my favorite character, so I'm gonna read, like, 60, 50,000 word fan fictions or i really want to see this like dissection of what the you know story arcs mean or what the character implications like there are things where i really enjoy engaging with specific media that way critical role is not one critical role i'm just like i enjoy their joy and plus i get a story yeah i i think i i I agree wholeheartedly with that and i think part of that is just like to me what makes it the whole thing or, or makes it what it is is having those moments where you know things are tough or like things are intense and then laura just bursts into laughter like a 12 year old over some little <laughs> oh you're giving jo- her too much credit if you're saying 12 she's like legit like four <laughs> <laughs> well i only because she might a four-year-old might not know the things that maybe she's laughing at but then you have things like you know Talison rolling something and then just having his smarmy little off comment and, and or just you know all, all of that together yeah. Ashley burritos and and Marisha faces and all, like all Marisha of that falling out of her chair yeah all of that is what amalgamates to what we have uh so that being Sam Regal Sam freaking Regal Sam Regal everyone uh and I say all that but there's, I know that there's also, I, I can have all of that and still, I know I'll still feel that essence with uh, the animated mm-hmm. critical role. And so, you know, we're like this hodgepodge D&D glorious mess that it is, uh, you know, I say that, but then I also know that there is, there is the scripted mm-hmm. version and there is, you know, the non-improvised yeah. version that we will they be getting. They have comics and like, yeah. all the kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I 
the show as it is is like you said everything that we need uh but that doesn't mean i'm not super excited for the animated no show. i'm really excited because I, also I, it's going to revisit all of my favorite things just like D is a hodgepodge mess my words just now were a hodgepodge mess but we got there <laughs> we did so what did you want to talk about specifically uh let's just well, well let's talk about some of the the characters i mean we, we mentioned jester or what who are some of the characters or just like little things that you can think of in the course of the campaign that you're just like ah yes even if it's just like a, a line a response to a dice roll like what's oh just let's just spread some joy from campaign two ah. <gasps> yeah like i like beth a lot i did miss not it's true i do too but like i i really enjoyed sam's character and like I think overall, I enjoyed Beth more than Scanlan, but I think Sam's abilities shined better in Scanlan. Yeah, I mean, the. the I also musical- did not like Scanlan for a long time. He is a bastard and he knows it. And. But, I mean, I, I do have to credit him. And, well, I have to credit Sam for having and allowing and kind of completing the the arc of growth mm-hmm. because Scanlan at the end of that ca- campaign is very different from yes. the beginning. Uh, I, 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 if I had to draw a comparison to that, I would think kind of like Barney from How I Met Your Mother mm. where it's just like, oh, I'm just here to have a good time and get laid as much as possible and then, you know, growing into caring about other people and stuff and not i i think is just is another ball of chaos Mm -hmm. but really cares about family and i'm really glad that she got her happy ending that it was pretty much (laughs) i feel like veth's ending is was kind of sitting around for a while well it was just continuously every time that they would like get back to her family and be like once the adventure's over. I'm, I promise, once we finish this campaign... <laughs> I will stick around and stop adventuring and yada, yada, yada. But it was just like, she reached Veth much earlier, I think, than she planned. Yeah, to me, I thought that was going to be... Did you also think that that was going to be kind of a campaign ending thing or close to end of campaign thing? Or at least like in the, the last third. Yeah. And it ended up in like... The early middle. Yeah, because we got about <clears throat> 50-ish, give or take, episodes of her as Veth. Because yep. I remember it was, like, around, like, the 90 mark mm-hmm. of episodes of Campaign 2. And that's when I thought, oh, are we getting down to the end of it? We weren't. Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I agree. I also love not and just the Fluffer Lata. And the not-so-great detective, detective agency. agency. Which got a shout-out. Yes, it did. Uh, any, any other... Th- I just like that the whole fact that the the biggest wrench in this whole... In, in all of Campaign 2 came from Ronan, <laughs> the son of Lauren Travis, who were pulled away so that he could be brought into existence. And so that Molly could die. Yep. Uh, I just... For me, that's one of the most life 
ironic things that happened. Uh, it's just... Because they didn't have a cleric, and so then they they had two. And they also, I mean, they also lost a warlock. You know, they got another character to kind of help out, but they lost two and only got one to kind of help out. So, you know, they were, they were down two. (laughs) Didn't they have, they had two people with them. Well, they, they just had Ashley Birch. No, they had the other lady. Uh... Not when not he when died. he died. Yeah, gotcha. she she was suddenly came. She came around with Caduceus. Yeah, and at the funeral and every like the aftermath. I still like Caduceus more. Like hot take, I still <laughs> like Caduceus so much more. I don't know if I like Caduceus more than I like Percy because Percy really grew on me in the latter half of campaign one. And he's also the main tie or connection to the Briarwood arc, which. I love so much. Yeah, love, love it. so much. She's also he's also with um like Ripley and all that is also really interesting and I just like it, his arc once he got going and stopped just being a and smarmy. Victor. Yeah. And once he stopped being like just a smarmy asshole, like he was I really enjoyed Percy. Like I think Percy and Caduceus are equal for me just in completely different ways. Yeah, I, I love feel Caduceus. like uh well Kingsley as he's now known. Uh, I feel like Kingsley was kind of, I mean, we didn't get, we didn't get a lot of him. So we didn't get to see a lot outside of his smart, the talus and smarminess that was also present with him. So I think part of the reason that we both really enjoy Caduceus is one, like he's an excellent cleric and he's super helpful Mm -hmm. and just a nice chill dude. Uh, He seems like he would give good hugs. He would, but he, he's just, he was a step away from the, the Taliesin smarminess and was just, you know, Taliesin himself even said that he wanted to go in the, the opposite of Molly such Kingsley and wanted to go in just a completely different direction. And so I think that, that, that bit of fresh air was, was really welcoming. Uh, so yeah, it, he's one that I just that tend to to grow on me more and more uh speaking of i mentioned him a little bit ago i mean we have well not him but i mean a victor joke you know the first campaign had a lot of memorable npcs and let's talk we can talk about some of the pumat soul i was trying to get to him uh i mean pumat's probably one of my favorite npcs to come out of this campaign yeah I mean, there's not that many NPCs. Well, there's there are, I guess. There's like they interact in a different way, but yeah. Was it like Kiri? Uh, well, there's there's technically there's Kiri, Pumat, there's Marion, the gentleman, Yeza, the Luke, Luke, um, Henry Crabgrass. Henry Crabgrass is great. That like I. I think impromptu happened, characters. It happened a lot in in this campaign. I love, and it's happened a couple of times where I've DM'd and you've DM'd where it's like, uh, okay, and you just kind of throw together, and like the split second top of your head NPC that ends yeah. up becoming like cherished more than life itself by yep. the players. <laughs> like that's just that's pure. D&D gold right there. And yeah. I think that happened a couple of times. I mean, Henry Crabgrass is... Great. Orly. 
Oh, or I do enjoy Orly. I would <clears throat> I would sail the high I would seas. sail the seas with Orly. Or with Travis's Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I don't know. I, I liked a lot of the the little random NPCs. Uh, something else that popped in my mind was the... The this, ruby of the sea is the best lay ever. Best lay ever. Uh, the... How do I say? The mishaps that come with remembering the rules slash dice rolls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of Jester being a moth. Oh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and just the whoops. Uh, we have a more recent thing of Caleb being a bit sheepish. <laughs> All right, Caleb's turn. You're a sheep. Keep. Moving on. <laughs> Ford. <you're- laughs> Speaking of Ford, we have a character that switched. Voices, voices in the middle of the yeah campaign. that was fun i think that that was the biggest ford moment to me like that part where he was like no this is me and then i reject my warlock patron so like that arc for ford was really cool i enjoyed uh his relationship with avantica and just the okay am i going to think with my head or am i gonna think with my my junk uh, <laughs> and it's also Travis being like, ah, I don't want to romance it? anyone. I don't like doing that. And then also to find out that Avantika had like a thing with his mentor. Yeah. That's weird. But um, yeah, I I appreciated when for when Travis gave into uh, romancing with uh, Jester and his face just becoming a tomato. Yep, the most skittish the thing that makes him the most skittish and most embarrassed and most in his feelings is trying to flirt with his wife. Flirt with his wife, the mother of his child. It was I, the I, most. It was the biggest obstacle in the campaign for him. I do enjoy every time Laura Bailey says something, and Travis is like the mother of my children or my <laughs> child, whatever. Yeah, but like every time that happens, I'm just like, ha. Uh. I so another- I also enjoyed uh, when they finally let her it be known that she was pregnant and her standing up for Laura oh, Bailey yeah. for the table being just like frustrated standing up going I'm pregnant <laughs> that was fun yeah I also seeing Sam trying to maneuver so that no one could see her when she would stand <laughs> uh, another character that I wanted to talk about that I I enjoyed in this campaign is Bo mm. I'm currently wearing. Your bow or gun shirt? Yeah, of bow. Uh, I I like... I really liked bow from Marisha. Mm-hmm. And the pop-pop, which I wish there were more references to community because that was that was a whole thing in community of pop-pop. Uh, but, yeah, I just enjoyed the... Even though bow is super fit, super athletic, and, you know, just an, a great fighter is Giant one of the nerd. biggest dorks, yeah, of the campaign. In a, in a sea full of dorks, she's one of the biggest ones. I enjoyed how that character let us, fig- like, let us learn more about how Marisha takes notes. Yeah, I like that it became... I thought, I thought that was a really good... A smart decision on Marisha's part to make that part of her character. Mm-hmm. And so, seeing 
yeah, an element of playing the game actually become part of the story, I thought was was really cool. Yeah, and I also like that it was a big juxtaposition from Keyleth, because Keyleth was much more unsure and all of that. Like, Keyleth was much more in touch with her emotions, but unsure in her abilities, and Bo was the exact opposite. Yeah. Bo was very sure in her abilities, but emotionally-wise, she was a little bit like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, she very much did that on purpose, and so it was... I like the the counterbalance that this campaign had to the other characters, because I'm just like, I don't know, I I like seeing different facets of people, and so we talked about the other night, uh, maybe one day, maybe, I, I think of the thing, the possible things that could happen in the course of this show as the campaigns go on, I think one of the hardest things to happen but I'm still holding out hope for is for Liam to play a happy character. And I told you it will start out that way. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I wonder if they will do more of the like playing opposite genders kind of thing. Like Sam did it this game and no one did it last game. Um, I wonder. So what I noticed when they did this was a lot of them went to the extreme opposite of their other character. And I wonder if in the next one, it will be slightly more of a return to form, but they will pick one other, like somehow there will be one other theme of like choice that we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm very much looking forward to that. It's something that I just <clears throat> enjoy in D and D in general. Is, Creating characters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but the the other side of that coin is seeing other characters that people have created. Yeah. And I just like that as an actor, just getting to see, you know, whether it's watch someone get to just be the comedic life of the scene or really go there and show their dramatic... Like, as an actor, I enjoy that. And so I love that same sort of feeling, getting that same sort of feeling in D&D and just watching... You know, someone who's more reserved, just be an absolute ham or someone who's always like, you know, hard to wrangle or can't get them to do anything serious. Just have a gut wrenching moment in the game like that is one of my absolute favorite things to see uh, and, and do. Mm-hmm. I, I know I need to do more because I I have a hard time as a player not resorting to the silly, goofy sort yeah. of things. Even with with my, you know, more edge lordy or more serious <laughs> characters, I end up. I mean, a lot of times it's because of my roles. I'll admit, but I I I I want to try to do that kind of stuff and and be more versatile as a player than just be the 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 goof like the comedic relief in the yeah. in the party. Granted, it's fun as heck. It's heckin' fun, but I I do you know. It's something I want to do as a player is just be able to have be more, more range. Yeah. I mean, because I know I can. It's just, you know, got to have the opportunity and stuff. You also but. like you also have to find a party that wants to have like the meaty role play bits. Yeah. Because like that's the hardest part is finding groups that want to, you know, dive into that part, not just the combat or like the the action in yeah. general. To me, I think a, a good campaign just has a, a mixture of all of that. And that's. That's part of what I, I really enjoy. But what what about you? Is there something like that that you that you feel? For In the which sense part? of like, you know, as a player, what something like from Critical Role that gives you joy or something, you know, in your 
I, D&D experience? I mean, I, to me, my biggest thing when it comes to, like, campaigns is just set up and payoff. And I guess that's why, like, I come back to campaign one a lot. But, like, in, in general, when, you know, there's something happening that the players don't understand fully and then later on get that moment of, like, whoa. And... Like, whenever I try to run a game, I try to have that in there sometimes, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. But, like, I I really like that moment of whoa, and I just, like, it, it makes the story so satisfying to me, and my favorite thing is just the fact that D&D is telling a story with a bunch of people. And so, like... I, I just enjoy seeing the joint journey towards some unknown ending. And I don't know. It's it's pure joy of storytelling for me. I think we're we're similar in that we both kind of look for those payoffs. Like once we hear or see the setup, we're like, oh, this might pay off in this way. And yep. we're both of our brains are are looking for that that payoff. But at, on the same side of that, I think there's nothing quite like even even looking for a certain payoff, having something payoff that you weren't expecting or you forgot about or, you know, just... Just seems like a turns. random thing. Yeah. And then I guess, like, I agree. Like, my favorite parts of playing the game, like, I love a good fight, but I also really enjoy um, the roleplay aspects and just getting to flesh out a world and try different things and interact with the other characters. And so, like, th- that's part of my favorite part is is being able to like embody a character and do whatever like i i've evolved i've evolved into a person who plays a little bit more chaotically just by nature of you know necessity almost yeah but like i started out playing like more serious whatever kind of characters and i still enjoy those and i would play them again it's just like by necessity of Chaos means that I can take a back seat or take a front seat, depending on what the situation calls for, is helpful when I play with a lot of people who are new. Because we tend to do a lot lately with, like, introductory, Mm -hmm. which tends to either need a heavy hand or a very light hand. And being a chaotic character kind of pays off that way. So, just in the kind of, in the spirit of everything, I, I know we've talked about it a little bit before, uh... Is there anyone in the cast that you feel like you relate to as a player or like the kind of characters that they play? Like for me, I, I feel like as a player and, you know, with Dyson and, you know, my attention span, all of that, I feel so much like Travis. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I watch him play the game, I'm like, I do the exact, the exact same kind of things. But my, my, my characters, often (laughs) resemble more of like a sam character yeah so like the characters that i play often feel like a sam of just the you know kind of trolly kind of goofy the super i love being super silly until i get to have like a you know a meaty thing yeah they i in the one of the campaigns i was in i was the goofiest character and i was the one that you know everyone could look to to just be silly and and I was, I enjoyed that until I could find those moments where it was just like punch, you know, like gut punch of like, oh, if this guy is serious, it's serious. You know, I, 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 
always looked for those kind of moments. But as a as a player and just my ticks and how I operate and how I just how I play, I feel so much like a Travis. Yeah, but. I don't. I don't know, cause like, I. I feel like a mix, I guess. I don't know. You've played with me. You might know better what it comes across as versus what I'm trying to do. Um, Because, like, I pay attention to the story, but not nearly as much as, like, writing down all these details and stuff. And I, I, I guess I would say probably, like, a mix between the chaos of Laura and the seemingly not paying attentionness of Sam. Because <laughs> Sam is like, oh, he looks like he's doing whatever over here, and then suddenly he really knows what's going on. Like, he pays attention to the story and, like, is ready for it when he needs to be, but isn't the, like, meticulous. I would add in about two tablespoons of Marisha, just in the sense of, like, because you can be that person, yeah. especially if, you know, you, you're really good as a player at being the, the wrangler to kind of get the story going. I mean, it's mostly to help me, I know, <laughs> but in, in my experience uh, as as a DM, but you're the kind that's like, okay, I, I can get in- invested in this and like recall things to that we need yeah. to, like you're, you're really good at uh, rec- like maintaining or retaining is the word I was looking for, retaining vital information and then using it to propel the story. And yet, when I'm a DM, I'm just like, what did I say five minutes ago? <laughs> um, but, yeah. But that's that's a thing, like, as a DM that happens, but it, honestly, that makes me feel good when I have those moments, because it's like, so, so much of the time, your player's like, oh, no, you said this, you said this, and it's like, oh, cool, you're paying attention. Yeah. Um, More than me. But yeah, I, I, I think, like, with Marisha, she has a good instinct for story, and, like, that's, that's the thing with me, is, like, it's, I, in, in books, in TV shows and movies or whatever, I have a good instinct for story beats. So, like, even if I'm playing a game and I don't know exactly like, where you're leading us, I know an approximation of what seems like it should be happening based on context clues. And also, I know your brain. Yeah. But, um, but. That's always the biggest thing, <laughs> my biggest challenge or, or ultimate goal whenever i dm in a game that you're playing is i want to try to stump you or do something that you even you don't expect because since you know me so well i'm i'm like okay what can i do to throw even amy off guard and i'm just like here's my idea people's play (laughs) a lot of times i'm like dang it she figured it out (laughs) i like i said i think it's just one of my superpowers is kind of understanding where a story's going. And when it surprises me, I'm always just very happy. I'm never upset about being wrong. In D&D. In general. Like, m- what? <laughs> I'm teasing. Me, 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 me. Okay. Any other uh, final takeaways? I guess, like, do you have any? Well, since we're in final thoughts of the campaign, we need uh, about three more hours to, <laughs> to wind down this This episode. campaign had more endings than Return of the King. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, what... Do you have any hopes or wants from the next campaign? Or, like, uh, 
what would you like to see in general? I, I mean, and not like expectation wise, but like yeah, no. what could be cool. I know what you mean. I, I mean, I'm a big sucker for accents and voices and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, since they're all voice actors, I I want to see what some comes up. some weird voices like. My favorite thing, one of my the best things about Jester is just it's just such a fun voice that she would do. I also really enjoyed when Sam first talked and was like, "Yep, I'm going to do this for three years." Yeah, so I I want to see that. I want to see some extremes to like, I want to see Darrington Brigade levels of extreme for the the voices of these characters. Um, I mean, the only thing we really know about Campaign Three at this this point is yes, one thing, which is that Liam has chosen the the class and everything for sam again nice i i'm curious i kind of want sam to play a big character just to be completely different and also so he has to trade in his giant flask for a tiny flask (laughs) um but like for the most part i just want to see them try something new and take some risks when it comes to that yeah, I just want everyone out of their comfort zone. And just, okay. I want to be taken in surprise the same way that the Darrington Brigade did. Just the, whenever they were all introducing their characters, I'm like, holy crap, one after the other. I was like, oh, this is crazy. I want something like that. I mean, I know that has to be a character that they can sustain you know, and are interested in taking on a journey for several years. But yeah, I just want it. I want some out, out of the box stuff. And I mean, I I don't feel like I need to be have that feeling in the first episode where we're introduced, I would be happy to be surprised. I I kind of want them to play just something a little different. Like, I guess we almost got it with Molly um, and maybe a little bit with, like, some of the others. But, like, I would love to see the darker side of, like, Exandria. Like... Not that they all have to be rogues and in the Thieves Guild or whatever, but I feel like we got the classic journey with Campaign 1. We got still, like, pretty, like, overall happy tones and all that. I would love to see the darker side of Exandria somehow, and I always love it when things end up being, like, end-of-the-world gods things, and so, like, that would always make me happy. I would love... I think the other thing is I... I, for as much as some of Liam's monologuing in Shakespeareanness as Vax was like a lot, um, I appreciated having that kind of character payoff of the, like the sacrifice. I I don't want a sad campaign, but I would love to see them dig into like like the underbelly, the of underbelly Exandria. of Alexandria. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. And you know, the characters don't necessarily have to be. You know, they can be. You can have a jester in the dark underbelly of Alexandria. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I just, yeah, something that that would be really cool. Yeah. And it's only because we haven't really gotten, we've touched it like from the outside with like the meat man. Here, I'm going to throw you on the spot to kind of close this out. Pick one cast member and give them uh, a class and species. Okay. Just like a, you know what? Just throw what it out there. What do I get there. if I'm right? Show <laughs> uh, sure, what she's won. We, we don't have a person for that yet, so. <sighs> Fine. TBD. Um, let's see. I, 
like just that I want or that I think is possible? Either. Just like a... I think like Sam as a Goliath druid would be really fun. Or um, I'm trying to think of what I would want. Because that's too similar. Um, you can think of this too while I stall my brain. All I, right. I, I think Travis should play someone who gets to hit people again. I, I mean, he definitely wants that. Yeah, like, that's that's just one thing of, like, I think for him to have fun, he should play someone who gets to hit things again. Uh-huh. I would say, how about Ashley the... Tabaxi. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just want her to walk on going, meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see her do something silly like a half-orc bard or something. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see Marisha we, be a bard again, but, like, I also really liked her other bard, so, like... Yeah. I, I, we I need want, a bard this no, campaign. No, I want Laura to be a bard. I mean, that's the one you've said before. I know. I, I would like Laura to be a bard. I don't know about, like, uh, species for her. Um, Let's see. Let's put you on the spot and make you do it now. What kind of bard is she? Her, um, I think she would be a like a College of Whispers kind of person, or the. No, no, I don't mean that. That like, you know. Oh, like what does she look like? What's her species? Come on. Um, I could see her try a Ganassi again because she didn't really get to do it the last time. Um, and kind of lean in. Here goes me trying to do it the way I like to do it. Uh, I could and lean into like the showmanshipness of what the powers of a Ganassi can be, um, and I could see her kind of going that way. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I think she should be a fire Ganassi with like a cute bob and just like sparkles of ember around her all the time, like freckles on her skin kind of like the ashes of a volcano and just be a dancing bard named nice. Ruby. <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> that but, Ruby. All right, I've got one. What's the the little uh the that the one guy did the actual Dungeons and Dragons guy did? Oh, he wasn't a cobalt, was he? Cobalt. Yeah. yeah. Uh so for Talzin, a cobalt, uh, what, what's like a, a silly, a silly, uh, class. For, I just want him to be he, really silly. Ooh, if he was a rogue cobalt, so it like, almost like a chameleon. Okay. So like, he just goes, I was thinking like, kind of rogue. Kind of. So my picture, I am picturing Randall from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking something small and so yeah okay a rogue yeah, yeah. I, I was I was like is there something else beside a rogue nah rogue is good yeah I just picture like Randall from Monsters Inc just like against the wall colors flashing I just want him to be a tiny little scrappy dude <laughs> that'd be fun I could see that um who's the cleric this time oh I guess we so well so far every campaign they've had a the cleric hmm hmm I could. So clerics can do some heavy hitting. 
So I could. It would be interesting to see Travis, Travis try it. I was thinking be the like same. a war cleric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So what? What would he be? Mm. Let's make him like a halfling or something. <laughs> a half no, because then we'll have another halfling cleric. Because that's po- oh, she was oh. a gnome. Yes. Right? No? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, she's a- she. Yeah, she was a gnome. Yeah. Because uh, she was the same as Sam. Yeah. So. As Scanlan. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Only time will tell. I hope that there's not a big gap between this and Campaign Because it seems like they've been, or at least Matt and, you know, everyone has been building and working on But they said that they have a special thing planned. Yeah. It seemed like, you know, maybe another show or something to that effect. Or like... I mean, last time they had, like, a crap ton of one-shots. Yeah. So, I, I hope it's not a huge amount of time before the next campaign starts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it could be have something to do with them getting back in... I mean, they're back in the studio, but, you know, back to a live format or something. Uh, well, we'll we have shall to see. tune into the state of the role. Or... But, hey, I hope that if you stuck around, it means that you like Critical Role... And if you do, I think that you would like the other stuff that Casey and I do around the internet. And you can find us all around the internet at Amory by the Sea on all things. And I am Case Crusader on all the things. Let us know what species and class and everything that you would like to play. Just throw one out the spot. You know, we, we've played a lot of the D&D character creator things. Throw one at us. Just be like, I am uh, a half-orc wizard named... Babina and I like eating hot dogs every Thursday. I don't know. Just whatever's at the top of your head. <laughs> just throw it at us. I want to hear it. It's D&D. It's improv. It's D&D. D&D. We're done. Yep. We are done. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah. How you like that? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>